Welcome. 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 To views from the bridge. 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 This season, it seems like it's been Philly versus everybody. Do we want to be a good team or do we want to be f-ing great? Shabelka. Back to Fontana again. Good ball, Matt Riel. Good combination. Shabelka. Back for Shabelka. He'll see now. Shabelka. What a goal. Oh, boy. And he dips the old on your bike. Ten years of calling. Pretty a dupe as you're going to see in any old opening back. Derek I want you to take the field and remember two things tonight. Number one, this is our house. And number two, this is now our conference. It's Philly or nothing. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite Philadelphia Union podcast. Hey, I'm Justin Ashcraft, and I'm not actually hosting tonight's show, but I just wanted to do the intro for the show. Um, We have a special interview. I have Evan, Chuck, and Paul with me here tonight, and because the Union are in the semifinal of the MLS's back tournament, we wanted to bring you a special show. Um, so we actually have former Union right back Shannon Williams joining us tonight. Man, Shannon has been one of my favorite and my wife's favorite players um, for the Union for a long time. We were sad when he moved on uh, to Houston, and um, so we wanted to bring him back and interview him uh, to find out what he's been up to, kind of what his views on his time with the Union and his soccer career have been, and then uh, get his thoughts maybe on... Uh, the game against Portland. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Evan's going to take it away and uh, get us going in the interview with Shannon Williams. Hey, everybody. Uh, joining us at this time, I guess Justin kind of ruined it, but uh, you might know him from many places, to be fair. Um, the IMG Soccer Academy, maybe, or the uh, Greater Boston Bolts, I think. Uh, but I, I figure most people here would be more familiar. Uh, your former number twenty-five and the master of the long throw-in. It's, it's Shannon Williams, my friend. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? I, you know, we can't complain. We can't complain. <laughs> I hear you. Many things have changed since you've last been with the team, <laughs> which have led to us not being able to complain as much. I guess. Yeah. Uh, for the better though. For the better. Yeah. For the better. For the better. Uh, just getting into it, the long throw-ins, man. Like, how, why was it weird that everyone really got into it? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it was weird. It was something that I just grew up doing. It was something that, you know, I just worked on with my brother, not really thinking anything of it. We were just kind of okay. messing around, not wanting to chip the paint off the new ball that my mom just spent $35 on. So what better way to do it than to, to keep it off the ground, especially when you live in the city, right. than to throw it back and forth. And I, people just took to it. And it, it was cool. It was really cool uh, the way people embraced it. And, and to score some goals off of it was, was definitely uh, was helpful. I did, admit, I did admittedly get into trouble because I was like, but it never worked. And then immediately, uh, I think Paul grabbed the receipts and, and found so an like, article from MLS.com. Me, what? Like, oh, yeah, that's for three goals in the last three games off wrong throw-ins. I'm like, a lot of people – trust me, a lot of people hated it. And, I mean, why not take every opportunity to score a goal? So I just – I don't understand how people could hate it. I mean, you're essentially substituting – like, you're getting a cross in for free. You know, like, do you I ma- mean, when, can you imagine how many had the right personnel? Like when Connor Casey was in there with that <laughs> slick bald head, it was yeah. it was dangerous. That thing, it really the is. Thing <laughs> in the sun was was hard to deal yeah. with. And like you, you have to ask so much of your fullbacks nowadays, especially in the modern game, to like be able to progress forward, to be able to put good crosses in, and like imagine if just one of them could just hey, if the ball's out of bounds, I can just, like, chuck it 40 yards, and you'll be right there. Like, if you're tall, just get there. I know, I, a lot of people might be more accurate with their passing if they could use their hands. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. you know, That's what, you're saying, what a concept. <laughs> so, I mean, I know that I can put in what I can consider a cross into the box using my arms, so why not? Not to mention, why not take the assist? Yeah. I'm get sure. Those, get that's, 
you'll get a lot of soccer piercers like yeah but like he used his yeah. hands and it's just like yeah but i don't care so when in the goal <laughs> they still counted all the same well we wanted to start there anyway because obviously that was one of the long you know long-term memories that obviously a lot of union fans still have but we we kind of just wanted to run through your history a little bit and and just your soccer career over it all and just Kind of find out what's been going on and all of that kind of stuff. So starting back at the beginning, I guess. I mean, not the beginning, beginning, but uh, you know, you got invited to the IMG Soccer Academy 2005. Um, what was that like? What did that do for your soccer career? How'd that help grow you as a soccer player? Yeah, it was it was huge. Uh, you know, my my family didn't have a lot of money, and I remember I remember it really really vividly you know we had just seen you know Freddie Adu had just come on the scene and it was just on like ABC News or something they had just had like a huge thing about it and I like they were getting all this stuff for free and I told my mom like right then and I was like listen I want to go there and I worked as hard as I could to get there and I had a few bumps but I, I ended up making it and it was it was huge everything was free I, I you know I ended up going to school for free Ended up in college with with a full ride, so you know it took a huge a huge burden off of, of my parents financially, and you know what a what a place to be for myself, uh, you know putting myself in, in the best situation possible, uh, you know at the time, uh, in youth soccer. So it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, there's still people that I talk to from that team. Uh, you know, I still every now and then talk to Coach Hack and and other people like that. So. That will always be, uh, you know, a huge part of my life. Hack doesn't want to sign you down in Louisville yet. Doesn't at least <laughs> let you coach or something. Uh, I, you know what? I haven't even. I'm sure if I if I went out there and asked him, he would. There you he'd, go. He'd help me out, but uh, just, just right hit him now, with, you know, like Danny's down there. I know Danny's doing extremely well for himself. So. So I mean, that could have been you. I know, but I mean, Danny is a handful in himself, so that might be that might be enough for him. Right? He's getting up there in age, and you know. Oh man! Happen, no. <laughs> no. Let's let's not all act like Danny Cruz isn't getting old, man. It's like I remember. I mean, I, I would just be very concerned telling John Hackworth that he's old, but I mean, that's me. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, I just have to like. It's it. Can, I can't help but date him, but he was my coach when I when I made it into IMG. He was a coach when I was there, so I've known him since I was 15 years old, and I'm now 30, so 15 right. years. And he definitely wasn't 30 when I met him. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, you uh, along with a lot of other guys not just in union world, but, but I think in American soccer, you go down to UNC for a year, get a year under your belt, and then you trial a bunch of places, including Wolfsburg. Um, you know, obviously you go to college, you're on a full ride. Um, what makes you want to leave and, and pursue a career over in Europe? And, and even, you know, I mean, it's not like you just wanted to do it. You, you definitely had some chances and, you know, for one reason or another, they didn't work out. But there's a lot of guys, I think, that take that path and don't even get to go over. So, I mean, what was going through the head? What was going through the mind? What was the idea on going down, playing college ball, and then and then trying your, your luck over in Europe? Yeah, you know, I had I had wa- I didn't even want to go uh, to UNC hmm. uh, initially. Um, I I kind of ended up there because I didn't want to be left without a situation. Flying wise, I had just finished, you know, residency. It was a weird time because it was the middle of the year. So, you know, UNC, the season had already gone and, and passed. So mm-hmm. I had some time to kind of go on trial. And things didn't really work out just because it was kind of the middle of the season or whatnot. So then, you know, just not wanting to to be not playing anywhere, I ended up, you know, going to UNC. And, you know, I loved it there and had a, had a great time there. Um, but we went to the finals and I thought that, I had done all that I could uh, at UNC, and I was I was ready to 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 go. Um, so I didn't want to kind of wait around. I wanted to to get overseas because you know at that time that was that was a huge thing, and it, it mm-hmm. didn't end up working out. So one of the other things that I think is interesting just about your kind of pre-union experience, and obviously um, you know Zach McMath was there too, but. 
U17 World Cup, U20 World Cup, 2007, 2009. Can you talk a little bit about like those experiences and then maybe even for kind of relating it back to the current team, Mark McKenzie, Brendan Aronson, Matt Real have all been involved with those teams as well. So what does it look like and, and how is it helping them grow as players? And, and, and what was your experience like with the World Cups? The World Cups were something that were, were a dream of mine. And I, I luckily got to, to go to two of them and represent the United States. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, those are places that, you know, aren't, aren't places that you would normally go. Uh, we, mm-hmm. One was in South Korea and the other one was in Egypt. I don't know when. I would have gotten over to Egypt uh, other than going to a World Cup. I got to see the pyramids. You know, I got to play against some of the best players in the world. You know, in that 17th World Cup, we played against uh, Hazard. We played against Tony Cruz, who was, you know, player of the tournament. We played against Ben Teke. There were so many players that we played mm-hmm. against in that time and that have gone on to do, you know, some really cool stuff in, on the world stage. So, um you know, it was definitely something that, you know, will always be with me. And my family got to experience that as well. You know, they, they always were there, you know, supporting us and, and wanted to go on those trips and, and to have that experience with me. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, maybe so kind of getting into to the time at the Union, 2010, then you play with Harrisburg for most of the season. And then August, you get signed with the Union. Um, so kind of first season of Union soccer and you get signed halfway through the season. What's that, what's that like for you? Um, and what was that experience like? It was it was pretty crazy. I, you know, I had kind of ended up in Harrisburg by by chance. I had thought about quitting and just kind of hanging them up and, and, and moving back home. And Harrisburg was literally like the last, last place that had spots open. And I actually, I, I asked my agent, I was like, where is Harrisburg? I had no idea where I legitimately had no idea where I was going in the country. And he tells me it's an, he was like, it's the capital of Pennsylvania. And I said, it's to me, man. So I end up there and then I, and then, you know, they want me to go on trial. And at that point, I'm like, oh, man, this is, you know, I'm really at, at rock bottom here that I'm on trial mm-hmm. at USL. And I'm and here I've gone to two, you know, Youth World Cups, you know, and, and gone gone to, to qualifying, you know, later on for the Olympics. So I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I've, maybe I've just, you know, I've run out of steam here. And they were like, hey, we, we you know, we have a right back. He's some local guy. I think he might have been like a carpenter too. Um, nice. And he, they were like, but we heard you play forward. And I was like, yeah, when I was like 15. And he was like, well, you know, if you'll play there for us, you know, we, we'll try you there. I think we played against Temple and I scored two goals and he told me that he'd sign me as a forward. And just because I didn't have anything else to do, I said, sure, why not? And uh, luckily, you know, we had a pretty good run in an open cup. We played against, I think we lost in like the quarters or the round of 16 to D.C., and uh, actually, after the season, the coach came up to me and was like, hey, like Red Bull wants to see you. But, you know, because we're affiliated with the union, like we have to ask uh, we have to ask coach first. So they went and asked Novak and he was like, nah, we don't want to see him. He can go. So I go to Red Bull. They're, they're you know, I'm on trial there. They like me or whatnot. And I get a call from Coach Hack and he's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm here at Red Bull. I'm just, uh, I'm on trial. They like me. They're just, you know, I have to wait like a week and then I'm going to sign. And he tells me he'll call me right back. And he calls me back in 15 minutes. And he says, I'll give you a deal right now. And you what? can come for the rest of the season. I, did, I said nothing to Red Bull. I got on the train. <laughs> I, I had so many things that had, you know, had happened and had gone on onto why I couldn't sign a contract for this team or that team whether it be age, whether it be, you know, uh, country, whatever, I just jumped at it. I wasn't going to wait and, you know, maybe something happened. Something was in front of me and I signed it and it worked out really well. And, you know, it, it jump started things for me and, you know, what a ride it was. Ev, what a great USL story, huh? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I, love, I love me a good USL story. Those City Islanders, man. I oh, no buddy. Idea. I'm sure you have fond memories of, of those, of especially 2010 in the U.S. I wasn't, I wasn't 21. I didn't have a car or anything, so it was just right. me stuck in Harrisburg. I went to games. I went to practice. I went home. Dude, and I, I think I made 
$800 and I think 400 of it was rent with utilities. <laughs> a lot of Dollar Tree. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. A lot of oh, Dollar Tree steaks. <laughs> oh. Wow. Six teams. That's, that's it. That's a crazy story. Uh, so you were around the union for five years, obviously. What are some of your favorite memories about playing in Philadelphia and just uh, being, being on the union? I think the the early years were my favorite. I think, you know, there was such a buzz around the city and, and people were really excited about it. It was so hard to get tickets. You know, people were, were asking me for tickets that I didn't even know. Like my whole Facebook, my whole, everything was full of people. Like every game was sold out. It was, it was a really cool time to be in the city. Um, you know, the Phillies were good. Their other teams were doing well. So when when things are going well here, it's a really cool city to, to be in. Um, and we just, you know, came in at, at such a good time. And, you know, we hit the ground running early. And then I think, uh, you know, ran into a, to some problems. Uh, and it's interesting. So you've been coached by, or, or at least have been with the team uh, for all three of the union coaches. Uh, for better or worse, I suppose. What are kind of the differences between those guys, and and was any of the stick directed towards Jim up until like I don't know the middle of last year sort of warranted, or did you think that was just maybe people not knowing the the guy behind the coach? Yeah, I mean it's funny that you said I've actually never thought of it like that. Um, but I guess I have been here for all three. Peter was 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 so good with the X's and O's, but so terrible with, with the man man kind of thing. And I learned so much from him and, and to this day he will still be one of my favorite coaches, but um, you know, definitely uh had his issues. And then Coach Hack I think was was pretty hamstring and and what he was able to do um with salary cap stuff and, and stuff of that nature and whatnot. But I thought that he did such a good job. I remember one of the, you know, the one year, I think the oldest person on the team was Brian Carroll. And then the second oldest might've been like Gabe Farfan. And I wow. thought that year, you know, we were competitive in every game and, and in every game. And we, we even pulled out some wins that I thought that we shouldn't even have won. Um, hmm. And I thought that, you know, with what he was given, he did, he did the best job he could. And I will always yeah. give him credit for that. And then Jim came in <clears throat> And I thought brought, you know, some, some organization to the team and brought, brought a calmness to the group that, you know, I thought we were lacking, which is why you probably saw us lose, you mm. know, a lot of games late, gave up a lot of uh, leads late and whatnot. And mm. I think that, you know, when you see him on the sideline, you, you will never see him lose his cool. You will never see him, you know, freak out on anything. You know, he will always keep the team calm. Yeah. And I think the team, you know, really uh, – has a good vibe for him and, and, and reads him really well right now. And that's why you see them, you know, really calm in close games and, and you don't really feel the panic that you, that you used to feel, um, you know, back, back when I was here. And it really does. It, it really does like speak volumes when you look at how he started as the head coach there and you look at the entire backlash that was put against him from basically the beginning, like, no one was really booed on those union teams back when you were playing. And anytime they said Jim's name, people had an issue with it. And just think you would have like, on what this team, how different this team would be right now if Jim wasn't still here, if the organization just didn't have the faith in him. I mean, like, did you, did you notice from an early on that you think like he definitely has like a knack for this and could really be a long-term solution here? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I always had – respect for Jim and and had a good relationship with Jim and you know all even when I left I've always you know you know stayed watching on what things going on here just because I was here for so long Mm -hmm. I thought that he was he was in trouble and I thought that you know they might pull the plug on him especially you know people were really really anti-Jim here and what people I don't think really understood was, you know, how, how many decisions was Jim really making at that point? And, I, and at that point, I, had, I was gone, so I don't even know myself. But now I think you see, now that you've given him time, his, his style of play, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the way he wants things done because you gave him the time and because, you, you know, you had trust in him uh, as an organization. 
and I, I give them credit for sticking with him. Um, you know, he's done some really good things. He's taken the team to, to how many Open Cup finals. I know it yep. kills him that he hasn't gotten one yet, but, you mm-hmm. know, that what that won't stop him from, from wanting, you know, he talks about it all the time, and I'm sure he's still talking about it in, in the team meetings, and I haven't been in those team meetings in years, that <laughs> what it would mean to win the first trophy for the Philadelphia Union. He talks about it, you know, relentlessly with the team. Mm-hmm. And he makes sure that, you know, it's instilled in the team what, what trophies mean, no matter if it's Open Cup, whether it's this MLS Cup is back. If there's a trophy on the line, he wants it, and it's the competitive nature, and I think it's, mm-hmm. it's great for, for the city and for, for the club. Uh, and then the other interesting one, when you were around, Ray Gaddis was uh, a left back. And now, uh, other than long throw-ins, he's, he's playing in your spot over on the right side of the field. Um, what can you tell us about Ray, and, and what can you tell us maybe that's not super well-known about Ray, given that you guys were you know, together for as long as you were? Ray's the, Ray's the kind of guy that he doesn't care where he, you play him. You could have told him that he's going to play goalie and he would have played it. So that that attitude will always take him a long way and mm. take him far. And at this point in Ray's career, he's not trying to reinvent the wheel. He knows what he's good at and he sticks to it. And good luck getting by him. So uh, I know people you know, might get on Ray for not being – uh, you know, the attacking fullback that, mm-hmm. you know, Trent Ar- Alexander Arnold is, but how many times are people skinning Ray for a goal? So mm-hmm. I give him a lot of credit. You know exactly what you're going to get from him every game. And he, and he, he puts in a shift and I think that's why he's, he's been here for so long. And I think that's why he deserves to play. And that's why he's, he's played, you know, over some people that they brought in, um, you know, so, I wish him all the best and I, I, you know, all the best and continued success. And if he's helping the team win, then, you know, he's the best guy for the job. Do you think he'll ever score a goal? (laughs) Gosh, guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder that all the time. And if he ever sees this, Ray, my man, just by like game, you've got to end up by the goal. Just, just wander somewhere. And I promise you, you'll find your first goal, buddy. And I'll be, I'll be the first person to text him and tell him congrats because I'm waiting for it now as well. And I hope he gets it. And there's been a few like long range ones. And I'm like, if this ends up being his first goal, oh, that's going to be amazing. And it's just missed. I don't know if he's going to get one, but I, I don't know if he'll know how to react when he does get one. So no. <laughs> uh, either way, it's going to be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can nick one here in these, in these so- games that they have coming up. Shannon, the irony, in fact, is that you will be texting Ray first, and then Paul will be sending Ray a Venmo for like twenty-five dollars to whatever charity. Uh, you know what? It's a hundred. I'm, I'm sure someone might start a go. Oh, it is a hundred. And when yeah, he, it's a hundred. You know what? Someone um, can hold that money for him, and when he scores, let that money flow to him. Because yeah, it's Paul. It's Paul. I'm a man of my word. I I am for sure. Um, I think he's gonna nick one. He's. I think there might be a game where they're up. Uh, you know. Uh, five nothing or something and then and then people start to get <laughs> and then it's like maybe this is maybe this is the time where i get my first goal at least when i play that's how i used so, to think because maybe so that's you, said he, you said he would play any position on the field if told to. <laughs> if he's if he's getting put up a striker do you think he's just like yeah let's do it and he'll i'll bet you what he he'll run around as hard as he can he'll press somebody he might win a, he might nick a ball off somebody <laughs> I love that. I know. I know for a fact that he has scored in practice. I can attest to that. So mm, uh, mm. it's it's there. It's there. <laughs> just got. He's just got to get. He's got to get comfortable and, and dip his toes in the water. We oh, we wow. a, we asked him a couple weeks ago if he if he has a celebration planned, and he said he does. So he he didn't give us any well, details. If he but... doesn't by now, he's had so long to plan it. <laughs> I'd be ashamed of him if he doesn't have a plan by now. You know, uh, I think you're you're my new favorite player in you. I think you really and just run right at the near post because I mean that seemed to work well for you a a fair bit. I mean, he needs to talk to Jim, talk about like getting up on corners or something. 
I mean, they got, they got young old. center backs who can, like, track back, you know. He's got At the this speed to cover. If somebody shoots the ball and it hits off his back and goes in the goal, I'll count Ooh, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hope yeah. he celebrates it like as such as well. All right, all right. Well, we can get off the Ray topic. We we get this interview is about you and about your career, so we'll talk about that. Uh, so after you left the Union, you played with Houston, Vancouver, LA Galaxy for a year. It, obviously, that's a lot of traveling over the course of a couple of years, and not like a long term stay like you had in Philly. So, what was that like? What what's the difference between like playing for a team for a year versus like being around the Union for five years? Yeah, I think uh, it just never kind of felt like home to me. Uh, you know, never in a place long enough to kind of put down some roots and and really enjoy, you know, the city. I lived in some great cities, but for such a short period of time, um, you know, Vancouver was an incredible city, but I only got to, exp- to really enjoy it for a year before, you know, I had moved on and whatnot. And I think that's kind of why at the end I got tired of just moving around you know, I'm not even like a West Coast guy. And hmm. I kept getting these West Coast teams and I wanted to be back East. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd sat down with, with my family and I, you know, thought that it was best if, you know, I, I, I moved back. So what are you up to now? What are you doing? What are you doing now? <laughs> yeah. What am I doing now? Uh, yeah. So I've been coaching. Um, I've always been interested in it. Even when I was, you know, playing here, I actually was coaching a team. Uh, up from, you know, where my, my wife's from, up in Harleysville. Um, and I've just kind of – I once I moved away, I didn't do it. But after I stopped playing, it was kind of a, a good avenue to, for me to, to still enjoy the game and be around it. And luckily I had, had made some good relationships here when I was here in Philly and got to, got to coach some of the, the little guys and, and see what, what's coming up the pipeline and, and what's on the way for, for the first team. Sweet. Sweet. So I know you're watching the team. I I know, you know, the the MLS is back for him and seems to be capturing everyone's attention. Before we get to that, uh, you know, I I think a lot of people very easily can ask you about sharing a locker room for a year with Zlatan or Ashley Cole or Ola Kamara or being reunited with Chris Bonius. I would love to know, as someone that's been around for – you know, 11 years and, and that has seen guys come and go and and what could have been, I suppose. Is there anybody that you thought without a shadow of a doubt would be a big deal? And I don't know what that necessarily means to you, which is part of the fun, that never really got there. Oh, man. And can you limit guys, that to like 10 people as opposed to 200? Like, <laughs> I was... I was on a U17 team that was littered with people that I thought were amazing that never got there. I think out of that U17 team that went to the World Cup, I think only maybe three of us maybe had like a somewhat what you could call a decent career playing for whatever league playing decent minutes. And, you know, that was at the time what was supposed to be the best players in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. So, you know, I, I tell people this all the time, you know, people develop it at such different rates and you never know when people are going to hit their stride and just, you know, everybody should just worry about their own development when it comes to the playing and whatnot. You know, there might be a kid that's amazing at, you know, 10 years old, but once, you know, puberty hits in and all that stuff, everybody catches up to him. That same player is now, you know, middle of the pack. So uh, it's, it's really interesting, you know, to see that side of things now that, you know, I'm coaching and to see how, how, how different things are from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And I'm sure when you're, you know, a pro, it's the same way. Uh, You know, it doesn't matter who you're coaching. So do you, do you think, or did you think as a player that there's way too much emphasis put on those U17 to U20 tournaments and trying to find the next, you know, Freddie Adu or, or now I guess Pulisic or, you know, like, is, is there, are we putting too much, effort and, and time in the trying to find the next and not maybe focusing on how we can reintegrate some guys that are in their mid twenties right now. I think that at the time when I was growing up, it was the best way to, to be competitive at that level and to also help the older national teams to have kind of a, a youth system that plays the same style that the older team plays so that, you know, you would, you would have, you know, just by, you know, flow, you'd have a couple guys make it 
you know, from each team. And I think, you know, now it's a lot different. You know, MLS teams didn't have academies when I was growing up or else I would have been a revolution player instead of a, you know, a Philly union player. And, you know, so at the time it was the best avenue to get kids and to kind of get them deep into soccer and hopefully send them to Europe and send them to these other countries to then play. And, you know, I think residency did a good job of that, but now with these MLS academies, times have changed and things are, things are just different now. Um, there's a lot of money now put into these MLS academies and, you know, a lot of focus is put into it uh, as it, as it should be. I think, you know, if you look at any of the countries that, that are, are heavy contenders in, in world soccer, I think, you know, they've, they've all heavily invested in, in, in youth and, uh, you know, you look at some like teams like or Germany, for instance, they have about three squads that could probably win the World Cup. Mm. So kind of just uh, going back to this MLS's back tournament, we're going to we're going to kind of uh, post this tonight and into tomorrow to get union fans ready for their game against Portland tomorrow night. But um, what do you what do you think about this year's team and kind of as you as you've seen this team grow, you know, even over the last year and a half as Jim's finally sort of gotten some of his guys in what do you think of this year's team uh how how good are they uh they're the best team that i think that the union have ever had i think that you look at all the guys uh that they have even some guys that they have coming off the bench you look at aronson who's who's a guy that's an academy guy so you know a guy that people should be excited about a guy that you're, you know, was built in your own backyard. The same with Mark McKenzie, who's been, who's built like a linebacker, and you know is is the one is fast like one too. So, um, people should be excited, and I hope, you know, like I said before, I hope that buzz comes back, you know, and I think it will, especially you know with COVID going on. I think you know once people are able to to go see this team live, I think it'll be it'll be exciting times again. I think. Uh, you know, with this MLS uh, back tournament, they've really gotten some attention, and I think people are going to be excited. Based on kind of your experience, obviously you played in a, a, a Open Cup, you played in you know the the U20 World Cup. So, based on kind of those knockout tournaments, you know, four teams left, obviously two games kind of on the line. What what do teams need to do, um, and even the Union specifically? But what do they need to do to kind of finish this tournament off? Yeah, I think it's now down to the details. I think it's down to who, who comes ready to play and who's focusing on, on little things. Obviously, you know, at this stage, every team is very good. And it's I, – I doubt there's going to – I you know, I, I hope there's not going to be any blowouts. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, whichever team is takes their chances, I think, you know, is definitely going to come out on top. And I think that's what the union have been doing so well this whole tournament is – they might not get, you know, the the amount of chances that an LAFC gets, but when they do, they they buried them, and you know they've been at at crucial times in the game. So they're on a good run of form. I think a lot of their players are in are in form, which definitely helps when you're in a tournament like this. And I mean, from just a betting man now, I mean they're the odds-on favorite, right? So if they want to be, you know, where they want to go in the end they win stuff like this and, and really get, get some steam going. So I, I guess with this in mind, do you think that, cause obviously the regular season is now a bit in limbo, like what they're exactly they plan on doing going forward. Do you think it's worth it for them to put every effort in to get this trophy? Like it's, it, it has to be the most important thing for this team right now. Right. Guys, like I said before, Jim is so focused on bringing the first trophy back to Philly. He doesn't care what it is. Yeah. On that off the, off the plane with the trophy, you're telling me all three of you guys won't be there to celebrate it. Yeah. All right. So like I said, he, he's hungry for the first trophy and he doesn't care what it is. It could have been a, 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 a soccer tennis trophy and he would have wanted to win it. So I promise you he wants to win it. Not to mention the, the implications with the champions league spot, which would be huge for the club. You know, that's a, that's a big cash injection. Um, you know, not to mention that that brings in new players that, that for people to be excited about, you know, when you talk about having to play across, you know, a couple different, um, 
leagues now and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it would be really exciting. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you'd have people going down to the, to the away games uh, once, you know, stuff opens back up. So it would definitely make things, you know, a lot more exciting for, for Union fans for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Like I said, I apologize for being late. No worries. No, no. You, during the no day. one even would have known if you didn't say anything. <laughs> you did. Yeah, awesome. but you guys know. So. <laughs> no, whatever. I want to make sure to apologize. Is there someone more polite than Ray Gaddis that exists? I mean, <laughs> I, man, I don't know. Ray Gaddis would have said it with a bow tie, so I, yeah, I don't have fair. mine on now. Fair, fair, fair. And uh, so he definitely beats me there. <laughs> Shannon, man, we, we really appreciate taking your time out from, you know, being a family man and doing all that fun stuff so we can drag you back into the world of soccer for, for an hour or so. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Trust me. You know, I told I was like, I had told my wife, I was like, guys, I got to do an interview. And she was like, who wants to interview you? And I was like, just don't worry. <laughs> right? you want so oh, uh, it's been fun to, to chat some soccer uh, and, and talk to you guys about some union stuff because uh, – as of right now, I really am just kind of a fan and just kind of watching from uh, from the perspective that I, I never got to have when I played here. So it's been fun. Awesome. If there's any, like, family events that are coming up that you need to, like, get out of and you need, like, a really important interview that you have to do, just, like, hit us up. Yeah, we right. got you, man. I'll, 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 I'll definitely hit you guys up. <laughs> Sounds yep. good. <laughs> you know, I'm just down the road in Arbor. So, better or something. You know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Appreciate you, Sheenan. You're the man. Yeah. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Careful. Stay safe. All right. Uh, it was fun talking to you guys. Yeah, definitely. You too, man. Seba went near post, and it's headed in. The Union have a go-ahead goal. Shannon wins. Well, guys, what do you think? <laughs> I, I dig it. Oh, man. I think. Dude, what a candid, like, he is just, like, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He likes to joke around. Anybody He's... that gives me old USL stories, great Oh, man. That was so good. That was so good. So good. That was awesome. I don't think anyone's ever heard the, yeah, I was going to sign with Red Bull, and then Hack was, or, and then, uh, and then the union were like, can we call you back in 15 minutes? That's amazing. No. That's I, a great I story. Think, I, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, 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 I love the living on $800 in a... 400 with rent. 400 with rent. With, with yeah. the City Islanders. I, oh, you know, my listen. God. <laughs> so That's good. awesome. So good. We're very good at interviews. Something like that. Leave that in. Leave that in the podcast. No, I'm <laughs> in the podcast. We're still recording, man. This is... This is this is prime views from the bridge material yeah, yeah. right here. I, just, I don't know. I, uh, I really, please don't leave this. Maybe, I don't know, whatever. I just, I, I, I like the, the perspective that all these guys have brought to the table with us. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been fun to, I think, you know, Ray was obviously a great interview, a fun time to have him on. You know, we'll definitely try, if he ever scores a goal, we'll get, we'll definitely hit him up again, but <laughs> Uh, you know, Mark was a great interview too, and and, yep. and definitely, you know, we're gonna we're, we'll keep these coming. So if you guys have ideas or connections or whatever, then hit us up. Well, because no, I can't give it away. I was gonna say the person that I really want to talk to next, but I don't know yeah, where they keep, are. Keep it floating. We we got we got stuff in store. Yeah, We're doing good yeah. stuff. We got a couple things. Nah, but but Sheenan's a fun guy. Like definitely, you know, I I wasn't sure how I wasn't sure how it was gonna be, and he's just like a laid back dude who's like willing to just chat about anything. And yeah, you know, and and this wasn't on there, but I really like to use Hello Fresh. All right, it's a yeah. very efficient way of doing yep. doing the grocery mm-hmm. game. You know, just he knows what's up. He's got it. Got it figured out. But um, yeah, the long third. I I can't believe it was something as as particular as I don't want to scratch up the new ball. That I love it. I <laughs> yeah, love it. like it. <laughs> I was expecting this, like, oh, I you know, it was one of those like I just threw the ball farther than everybody else on throw-ins. But it was something as simple as, and and it's a nice reminder that 
you know, like stuff like that matters to people. Yeah, when you're, they're, they're, they're you're living in the city. It's like, I just didn't want to screw up the new ball because we've all been there. You, you buy the nice $100 Nike and you're like, I, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'll wait till I get some nice grass under that to play with. Right, it. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta give it a, gotta give it a uh, yard layer real quick. But, Thank you. but yeah, I, I also find it so funny that people didn't like that about his game. Like, it's just, uh, that was such a weird <laughs> thing to find out that like people gave him slack for it. I was like, it's such an efficient use of a throw-in instead of just aimlessly tossing it down the line or just like. I, I, I think a lot of it or a good part of it might have been, might have been Eurosnob, which like that's, that's easy to just kind of be like, oh, these guys don't like the way MLS is played. And then I think another part of it too is that it's just kind of like unorthodox. And, and if you don't know the story where he's been doing that forever, you think it's just a gimmick. And so you don't think that he's also a very good defender. <laughs> because he uh, is, yeah. and he can cross the ball, which was the funny part about that to me, was he's like, well, you know, I'm better with my hands. And I was like, but, like, you also were, like, pretty okay at setting up Seba or, like, Connor Casey or, or Mora yeah. Minotas yeah, later totally. on with your feet, too. I, yeah, I forgot to ask him if he ever attempted to do the front flip throw. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I, I should, imagine if that added, like, another 10 yards onto it. It's just... He would finish with double-digit assists on that Connor Casey team. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. So good, but yeah, that's that, that, that's great. that was a great time. Good stuff. Before we good get stuff. out of here, I guess when we recorded our last episode, Paul, you weren't even a part of it, but no. when we recorded our last episode, we didn't know who the opponent tonight was going to be. That's true. So Portland Timbers for the yep. semifinal. It's going to be pretty – I think it's going to be pretty fun to see Diego Chara and Jose Martinez. Oh, no. No. Oh, guess, no. guess who's betting on a double red card, baby. We're going to have the first ever MLS midfield uh, boxing yeah. match between Chara and Martinez. So good. I, I'm so bleeping excited for this matchup. I, I, and I'm more, I'm more excited than scared because I do think that Portland – has great attacking talent, and I do think they have a very like wise midfield that is capable of going about these games. But I don't know, man. Like it, slowing the Union down right now just doesn't seem like a very feasible thing, and they have been spotty defensively as well. So it, it's going to be a knockout of a game. It really is. I just I, I don't see many scenarios where this like this slugs on. It's going to be dirty. Like, it's going to be fought in the trenches, and it's it's going to suck at times, but it's going to be worth it's going to be worth the watch for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things that this team has going for it, and I probably hate this word, but I think it's, like, true to the union right now, is, like, they have grit, you know? Like, I don't think that they're <laughs> – there's, there's, like, no game that they're going to give up easily, you know? And it's not going to yeah. be a game where – you know, and I think that in a lot of parts has to do with Martinez and the fact that he just makes it hard on a, on attacking midfielders and strikers. But I think, like, you know, this this team's not going to make it easy for any other team to beat them. Um, so I think, like, the Union have a good chance. And I honestly think that the way the Union are playing right now, when they – hit their top level when they hit their top stride, which I think we saw in the first 45 of the last game. Yeah. There's not many better teams in MLS. No, no. And, you know, you can you can even reference what Sheenan said, that when you have a Jim Curtin side that comes in and he's able to give some organization to a squad, that they're not going to give up those late-game leads like they used to. You know, especially, you know, seeing what they were able to do against KC in those first 45 showed that, if they want to go attack a game head on, they very well can and then are able to bunker down and really stay compact and frustrate a lot of really good teams. I mean, like you think about the path right now and everyone who has glorified LAFC has just been knocked out in penalties. And it just shows that like the hierarchy of MLS is not as set in stone as the LA team versus the world. Like it, it's become wide open at this point, and it really is the unions to just grab 
it's and that's never been the case you know like it's never been union going for the supporter shield or going for you know you win an open cup you're not the king of mls you you want a trophy you know and obviously they haven't been fighting for ml i mean evan let's let's be real here I think There's we say not. that as union fans to make ourselves feel better about yeah, losing we, several finals. He's very much okay with the fact that they beat us, you know, two or whatever times for the Open. Like, I don't know. It's one of those, like, I feel yes, like you're it bitter did, about... It didn't make them the de facto best team in Major League Soccer by no, beating no, us no, in the no, Open no, Cup no, final. No. I mean, think about it. Right now, with the sample size that you have of Major League Soccer, and you're going to go and argue that LAFC is no. the best team in the league. Well, they weren't able to beat the Philadelphia Union this season, and in the tournament that LAFC was involved in, they were eliminated before they even reached the semifinal, and the Union won the final. So, I, just, I don't know. Let's... I don't know. Hey, the, we I all the... know that LAFC has amazing attackers. We all know they're a sturdy squad. We all know that they're this, okay? But right now in time, for the first time in union history, they have the chance to seize the title of being the best team in Major League Soccer as of right now for a period of time. They for will sure. be the best team in the league if for they sure. win the tournament. I think, yeah, you're right. If they win the tournament, I think it puts them in the discussion of who is the best team in the league. And I think, obviously, you look at LAFC, and I think individual talent-wise, obviously, you're going to take, you know, Carlos Vela over – Casper Shabilko, especially at this point in time, but yep. we'll set that Sergio right. Santos. Um, Sergio Santos. Yeah. Oh, the spicy boy. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think it does like, even as you're going into the rest of the season, if we have a rest of the season, but if you're going into the rest of the season, the discussion becomes like, well, who's the best team in the league? Who's the favorites to get to the, you know, to get to the MLS playoffs, to lead the East, mm-hmm. all of this kind of stuff. And obviously the union have to be in that discussion, finishing as high as they did last year, having first place for a large portion of the season, and then, you know, winning this tournament. I think it shows that there is an argument that the union are at least in the top three to five teams in the league. Yep. That's just, that hasn't been the case. Even even with them in first place last year, it was always just, well, let's see if they can finish. For sure. Like, For sure. You know, it's like you saw them in their power rankings, and uh, whoop-de-doo, that's about as useful as, you know, a blue ribbon on your locker every week. You know, good good riddance. You want the hardware to back it up, and you've got the chance to seize it right now. So, uh, you know, it, it is nice to hear, especially from Gene's perspective, that Jim does care so much about the trophies. And I think he's absolutely validated in wanting to go all out for this because MLS is not guaranteed after this tournament. So you might as well get what you can out of the soccer that you have available. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's really going to be fun tonight. I really do think it's going to be a fun game. Like win or lose, this team has gone so far and has shown you so much. But man, I just, I don't know, man. Uh, so many years you're scared of Portland in any capacity, and this year it's just, nah, I'll take Philly. I will take Philly in this game, and I'm not I'm not nervous about doing that, or I don't feel dirty for doing that because I know how glorified Portland's organization is with their championships and their supporters groups and, you know, like the culture that they've created over there is obviously fantastic, but – Philly wins this game. You heard it here. <laughs> there you go. They, they do it. They're going to do it. And Ray Gaddis will not contribute to the goal scoring. Which, mm-hmm. You know. Even though we did it last week, I do got to get – all right, so I was not able to do it last week. I was not on the show for the Sporting Kansas City Review. And I do have to say, objectively, with my whole heart, that Ray Gaddis had his best game of his career ever, ever against Sporting Kansas City, and I did not see it coming. And I had many people pointing out to me, it's like, was that Ray that put that ball over the top? Or was that, was, like, was that him that made that initial header to make the break? And every time I was like, yeah, it really was. So 
Uh, you know, obviously you don't get the charity money for that, but I'm like really, really just glad to see that because that's what I want, man. That that's that's what everyone needs. You do that, you play like that to a somewhat of a degree every game. I'll shut my mouth. You'll shut me up. You shut me up last week. I was too afraid to come on and defend myself, right? I mean, I actually had plans, you know, that that stopped it, but man, I love you, Ray. Great, great job. Do it again. I'm using wrestling terms. We're going home. Thanks for listening. Sorry, Paul rambled about uh, whatever that was, about how much he wants to give Ray Gaddis money, I guess, which he could just do whenever he wants independently of a charity. But anyway. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think about the interview with Shannon Williams as well as the Union's, well, Paul said it, defeat of the Portland Timbers uh, tonight, hopefully, at the FTB pod. Go do it. Say hi. Let us know who you want to hear from next. If we can make it happen, we'll try. And I'm probably going to have to test the limits of making it happen here momentarily to bag who we want to get on next. So All, all we want to do is make you guys happy. We love you guys. We love our fans and our listeners. And we want to talk to retired soccer players that used to play here. Yes. <laughs> and we all love this. We do. We do. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge. We could not do this without the help of our network and sponsors. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network. For lots of soccer writing, podcasts, and other content, check out BGN at bgn.fm. Thanks to our sponsor, Refneck Scarves. Refneck Scarf is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at refneckscarves.com. Another network sponsor that we have, and a local one to us, and, and they're run by one of my favorite people. If you're tired of the same old uniforms and the cookie-cutter templates from Nike or Adidas, you know, the, the white sheet, plain white tee, MLS, Hanes, beefy tee, off-the-rack kind of stuff, right? Or even USL sometimes, you're like, oh, that was, you know, San Antonio's kit last year is El Paso's this year. Don't worry, we got you. For unique, completely custom kits for your youth club, your Sunday league squad, your seven-a-side, your five-a-side, even your pro team, Icarus FC's got you covered. They can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price, and you get to be involved in every step of this. And we know we made one last year, and it was gorgeous. Let them help you design your new custom kit today, IcarusFC.com. Folks, we are all over the internet. If you specifically type in Views from the Bridge, then you're going to find us some way or another. But we are on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Um... Subscribe to the show, leave us a review. We're on Twitter and Facebook at VFTV Pod, and just let us know what you think of the show, what you'd like to hear, what you don't like to hear. We are so open to what you guys have to say. We appreciate all of you, and if you ever want to get in contact with us, you can DM us on Twitter, or you can also email us at VFTVPod at gmail.com. So hit us up. To help us keep providing content, throw us a couple of dollars at ko-fi.com forward slash VFTBpod. You can also grab some of our merch at Design Tree. Make sure to check us out over at designtree.com forward slash VFTB. Curtin Tanner 2020 for Evan, Justin, and Paul, sometimes. I'm Chuck. Thanks for listening. And until next time, have a great day.